When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, we're Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance, we got action, romance. we got comedy, we got everything you need, man. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro- I, I don't know about this romance, what part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches, and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know! Alright, so come on down to su- wait, why did I say come on down? To Superhero Stuff You Should Know. talking about the OC season two episode nine or are we talking about the best song on Lauren Hill's debut album because this episode is X Factor baby <laughs> wow that was a journey and that was delightful <laughs> so this episode if last episode was fully focused on adult drama mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this episode goes full in on teen drama and towards the end of this episode, my notes became almost exclusively caps lock. <laughs> every decision that happens in like the last 10 minutes of this episode mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is insane. And I found myself wondering how you guys all called it. Literally the listeners, my friends, you. How? Are we at a point where Summer is the only likable character making smart decisions anymore? Like, this is chaos, Joe. Mm-hmm. Chaos in this episode. Yep. I want to read to you three notes that I wrote in quick succession. Okay. Be- because I think that it takes you on a journey. First note. What the hell is this Alex storyline? <laughs> ah. Second note. Yeah. I'm a minute in and I cannot believe they're doing this subplot. Third note. Ooh, it's a sexy forbidden ex. There is no way that Seth Cohen is a better lover than any woman in history. <laughs> <laughs> True. So yeah, this is the episode where we find out that Alex is secretly not fully broken up with her ex who happens to be a woman and boy joe it's not directly homophobic but it certainly stinks of homophobia all over the goddamn place in this episode matt it is structurally homophobic in that like (laughs) let's make the reveal that she's bi like bum 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 she's bi and again like uh bisexuality like shout out to the people who like that is their lived experience because 
I got to tell you, it's it's fucking difficult because anytime you're in a normal hetero, I hate that I said the word normal just now. Anytime you're in a uh, seemingly from a passing hetero. Yeah, a straight passing hetero relationship. It throws all of your queerness and sexuality completely into question for the whole world. Yeah. To analyze. Yeah. I had a friend who I've had several friends actually um, who are who identify as bi who have never been with women, like have never yeah. physically been with women, which like do I question the uh, their authenticity or, you know, like there's no litmus test. Like I'm not like, you know, the potency of their uh, of their bi-ness because they've never physically been with a woman. I'm like, no, because like, you know, you can still you you're attracted to what you're you're attracted to who you are attracted to but all of that to say that like i've also had friends like i had a friend who worked for an lgbt organization and she she identified as bi but like her coworkers had only ever seen her like date women and like everyone assumed incorrectly that she was n- an ally which like yeah. kind of sucks because it's like oh these are my people and stuff right and so it's one of those things where it's like, this is kind of playing into the, like, you know, we talked about on Fright School, like the predatory lesbian. This is not so much the predatory lesbian as the, like, confused and messy bi person trope. Yeah, it's, and it's also, it's a, it's a very confusing overall thing. Because, like, I have never... I, as a straight male, have never questioned my straightness. Mm-hmm. It's it. Can I absolutely look at a dude and be like, dude, that that guy's fucking hot? Yeah. Like, I can. Uh, I believe it was the Todd in Scrubs that said the Todd appreciates hotness of all genders, um, which is absolutely wow. the truth for me. I appreciate hotness no matter what the circumstances. Um, but when it comes down to like, do I want to be naked around? that hot person versus this hot person mm-hmm. then the answer almost exclusively leans towards female yeah um, yes so, yes so so like that's, that's fine and that's what but i think that that's where it you know when people try to argue with you where it's like no there's only these things it's like no like there is a fluidity that moves in different speeds and different motions and for me it's like i am a straight person who can absolutely admire and appreciate the sexiness of the same gender of mine when I see it, uh, while still not wanting to actually fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Matt, I love you. You're, you are, you (laughs) over explained your, I'm not shitty, (laughs) but like, I think I nailed it. I think you nailed it too. (laughs) It's just so frustrating because like, it's the same thing that happened in Happy Endings. I don't know if where you are in Happy End. Your Happy. Endings I still right. never started season two, uh, mostly because it dropped off of HBO Max, and it took me a while to realize. Oh, I think it's on Hulu now. Yeah. <laughs> See, the thing about Happy Endings is that there is a there's a, a character who has a same sex ex, and it becomes this whole thing and becomes played for comic for comedic relief, and it's just like it's. It's seeing things like this that make like that inspire writers who are people who who want to be uh, TV writers um, to like go out and make it on their own. Right. And it's also just like so blatant that her bisexuality doesn't need to be played for as 
heavy, right? As heavy for like, oh, it's so shocking, so scandalized. It is so upsetting how this entire plot is handled. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like I credit where credit's due. This is the most credit I can give. I think Ryan mostly comes out of this pretty clean in the sense of like he sees it, he figures it out. He's like, that is for them to to have that conversation. I'm not gonna be the one that like outs anybody or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely think that when he's like telling Seth, like, you really don't want to go down to the bar, I don't think it's cause he's thinking you can't possibly know that Alex is bisexual. That would be, I think he knows how shitty Seth is and how Seth is going to react to the circumstance. And he's going to make it all about him. And that's not, it's not about him. And boy, did he like, this was like one of those things where I, this is going to sound like I'm patting myself on the back too much. and I don't mean to, but like I have since literally like middle school or freshman year of high school have always been pretty much an ally in that sense of just like hey man like i'm not going to protest your lifestyle i love you i want to support you in any way i can like Uh, all of that and a christian yeah it's a rare combo and for sure i can't even wrap my head around like why does it fucking matter why was it okay for for her to be spending a couple days with her ex when it was a guy but the fact that it's a girl is like I've got to storm down there and prove my masculinity. Like, yeah. is this fucking Ken and Barbie now? Like, are you just like, oh, patriarchy, yay, rah, rah. Like, it is the most toxic shit yeah. that I think I've seen Seth Cohen do in a long line of some toxic-ass behavior that we've yeah. seen in the past. And, like, it's just, like, it makes me, it upsets me from a standpoint of, like, I sincerely thought that Seth Cohen was, like, a nice guy when I first watched this series. This is, it's going to be really fucking hard for me to be pro. Like there's got to be some huge fucking strides and changes in the next couple seasons, or I'm going to be kind of just like Seth Cohen's only a tiny bit better than Marissa Cooper in my eyes. Like, Oh, you really said that. Yeah. It's how I feel right now. And don't keep in mind the first like 10, 15 episodes of this podcast. I was like, I am Seth Cohen. I don't want fucking shit to do with Seth Cohen right now. I don't want to be associated with him. Wow. Like I want I, this this episode really upset me actually in just a lot of ways because I was like, what is this? Like what? Like what is the end game? And like, like Zach, like I I want to like Zach. There are moments with Zach that I like so much, but like Zach freaking out that like. Summer's just talking to another guy. Yeah. Like there's just these moments that are just True. so, so stressful and frustrating. And the worst part is that I still wrote down that Seth Cohen had the best line in the episode, <laughs> um, which is a pretty funny line where he's trying to, he calls together an emergency meeting of the comic book club, which has somehow doubled its numbers yeah. since we last well, saw they it. they let middle there's... schoolers in, right? Yeah. But, uh, but he yells at one of the kids and then he apologizes and he says, sorry, sometimes Bruce Banner has to become the Hulk, which is such a dumb line. And I think it's only funny coming from like, 
like that kid could have beaten up Seth Cohen in a fight. Yeah. Like if if it came to fists, like Seth Cohen's going down. This whole obnoxious thing is happening, and simultaneously, uh, simultaneously, Ryan is trying to make Lindsay more okay with Marissa because he's like, "Look, she's my friend. She's gonna be around. Like." You should try to at least make friends with her because, like, the quicker that you do that, the less you'll see her as my ex girlfriend. The more you'll see her yeah. as your our our mutual friend. Um, and they sit down for this, like, just not. I, I'll just say it was a not fun conversation. Yeah. About the food that Marissa and Summer eat without ever having to gain weight, while Lindsay has to be on a low carb diet. Yeah, that wasn't great to watch. I'm like, uh, it was the opposite of what I watch TV for. It like, well, also made me feel a very specific way. And like you said, the way that they've treated Misha Barton behind the scenes, like that's the thing is that Misha Barton, like legit, like was hospitalized for her eating disorder. So, you know, this is not, this isn't great. Even if it's like, I'm in the joke, you know, like it's not, it's not great. Here's where I'm going to give another compliment. And I hinted at this last week. I love the consistency that Ryan is so bad at lying that he is just every question that's being asked of him after he sees Alex's girlfriend is to just not answer any questions or deflect to a different topic the second that there is an option to. Love the it. joy on his face when when Zach walks into the room and he's like, Oh, salvation. Like, yeah. like it's like a literal like elation that he can just walk away from the conversation and uh and and fix it. Um and I also think that the failure of Boys Night Out is really funny. Like uh, when when Boys Night Out becomes Boys Night In, when they're just like, Yeah, we're gonna go out and we're gonna do all this stuff, and then it's like or we could stay inside and watch movies. And it's like, let's stay inside and watch like because I have one trillion percent been on the like we're making big plans we're gonna go out we're gonna rule the night and then like you get to the house and you're just like i don't i don't want to i don't want to leave can we just sit on the couch and put on tv and like shoot the shit instead like i am the worst boys night out boy um i won't even stay for full like bachelor parties because at a certain point like I don't know. I go to bed at like ten o'clock most nights. Like homeboy's not doing an all nighter with a yeah. bunch of drunk people. Like that, that, that ain't happening. That's like the least fun thing is to like watch, not even take care of them, just to like watch them and be in their presence. Is yeah, it is super super stressful. Marissa, speaking of drunks, Marissa. <laughs> yeah, Marissa. I'm actually going there. Marissa, Lindsay, and Summer go out to the bait shop with the plan of it being a sober night. Lindsay implies maybe we won't do the sobriety thing and boy does Marissa just have a flask at the ready that she just like whips out um but summer summer stays sober yeah another check mark in summer being the most responsible person in this episode it's un it's unfathomable but also at the same time like I think I think uh Lindsay had my favorite line of this episode which is uh I drank as much as Marissa did. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. They're just dunking on Marissa's alcoholism in in snide ways. Um, another note that I am really proud of that I wrote down was Seth's doing a truly fantastic job explaining why Alex should be dating this woman instead. <laughs> um, just like him yeah. showing up when the three of them show up at this bar, 
and like it is it is so rough and ryan okay so here's here's where the co- the the all caps locks come in i'm just gonna read these one after another first one why is ryan leaving a drunk girl next to the ocean <laughs> like to go like, get food to go get food. like i'm like ryan what are you doing? Like, thank God. I I literally started to get so stressed out that I checked Wikipedia to see how many episodes the actress who played Lindsay was in. Because I was like, I swear to God, if this girl gets killed off by drowning in the ocean because Ryan went to get fast food, yeah. like, I don't know if I'll be able to record an episode today. He's <laughs> like, also like... It's like you can the the way he's being triggered is kind of beautiful in how they're pu- how slowly they're pulling it off, where like yeah. he's like holding her and carrying her and she's becoming more and more unruly. He's saying all that shit about like the Don Atwood special, like his mother's drunk yeah. food, and how many times he's had to like, you know, take care of her when she like spilled in from a night out. Oh. I did write Ryan really has a thing for sloppy drunks. Um, <laughs> like, but uh, then I wrote in all caps, we kind of covered this already, but I wrote, why does any of this matter? This is wildly homophobic. I hate it so fucking much, which was tied to just like everything that was happening yeah. at that point with Seth and and Alex. And then the last thing I wrote in all caps was Ryan is dropping straight facts on Marissa. And I'm sure that this show is going to try to make Ryan out to be this bad, toxic guy when this when at the end of the day marissa needs to be put in her place and explained how her behavior is affecting everybody <laughs> like like and i swear if they try to turn this on on ryan i'm going to be so upset because like you know what yeah this girl almost fucking died like like yeah. drank way too goddamn much and like it's your fault, Marissa. Like it's your fault. It's your fault that DJ left because you treated him poorly. Like, yeah. and still, like you give him top because he gave you five grand, basically. Yeah, like it's just like one of those things where when he turned around, he's like, "Look, if you want to ruin your life, that's fine, but stop trying to ruin everybody else's along yep. with it." I'm like, that is a straight fact. Yep. Like he is stating exactly what me, the audience viewer, has been thinking. Where I'm like, I yep. don't even care that you're shitty at this point. I'm upset that your shittiness is affecting everybody around you. Yep. Yep. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (sighs) Hello, everyone. We're superhero stuff you should know. And if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance. We got action. Romance. We got comedy. We got everything you need, man. Come on down to superhero stuff you should know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro- I, I don't know about this romance. What part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to superhero stuff you should know. All right. So come on down to... Su- Wait, why did I say come on down? To superhero stuff you should know. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Now, this episode does have some good tunes, though, Joe, and we're going to dive into some of them. Let's see. So when Seth learns about the X, 
uh, in the background, we're hearing Hardcore Days and Softcore Nights by Aqueduct. Uh, Good-ass name uh, for a song. Um, When Ryan meets the ex, however, it's Girls Can Be Cruel by Infusion. Um, When they show up at the club, the song Play by Funk uh, by Flunk is playing. And then we get a trilogy of songs by The Thrills. Uh, Saturday Night, The Curse of Comfort, and Not For All The Love In The World. Um, Joe, kind of slim pickings on this episode. Yeah. But if you had to pull one, what would be your song of the episode? Uh, when Ryan Meets The X. Okay. The Girls Can Be Cruel by Infusion song. Yes, because it's the only one I really remember, and I know we had a full band. <laughs> we had a so, three-song performance by a band. So I actually enjoyed seeing The Thrills, because I am aware of The Thrills. I actually own the album that all three I'm of these sure songs... I'm sure you do. Yep. Yeah, uh, Let's Bottle Bohemia was the album that they released in September of 2004 and promote it on the OC. Uh, and I went with Saturday night. The first song that they played, it's probably the most upbeat of the three mm-hmm. songs that they played. Um, if you like a very specific type of post garden state indie rock, then wow. Check out the thrills. I love that post garden state. <laughs> so Joe, what are some things that you have, uh, indulged in that you want to talk about? And once again, just reminding everybody that we stand strong with SAG and the WGA and that even if we do perhaps promote a movie or TV show that we've been watching, that we believe that the studios have more than enough money to pay everybody fairly and that AI should not have anything to do with the writing or acting process in filmmaking. Yes. (laughs) And again, folks, like... You can go out and watch. In fact, you should go out and watch. And every time you review it, say that these fuckers are, you know, they're the reason why we're going to be like some of our favorite TV shows are going to die in the next year. um, If they're not already dead, things that were going to be amazing that were supposed to be in production that gives like, you know, representation, like all of that is out of the way right now on hold. So... Anyway, all of that to say is that um, I'm going to talk about, uh, (laughs) I was going to say I was going to talk about another book, um, but I'm actually going to talk about a movie because I saw it twice. Okay. And um, Joshua doesn't listen, so he'll never hear me talk about this. No, he'll never know that I talked about this on our podcast before Fright School. Um, Talk to me. Okay, I have not seen it yet, but I will also be talking about a horror movie, so this is exciting. Awesome. I saw Talk to Me, and I saw it twice. I was recently on Guam for, like, two, three weeks, and I went and I was like, I need to go see Talk to Me. I saw it was playing. I went to the one movie theater that has, like, better seats, like the armrest move, and I walked into the theater, and I was one of two people in a matinee screening for uh, Talk to Me. And about 15 minutes in, the other guy couldn't hack it. And then I was alone watching a movie about a haunting. Love it. And it was the first time seeing it, it was delightful. I saw it a second time. And the second time was pretty wild because originally me and the my friend that I was with, we were going to we were going to watch Oppenheimer 
in the 70 millimeter. But when mm-hmm. we got there, the ticket taker was like, yeah, so the AC in this theater is out. So, Ooh, they sound of freedom to you. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> the AC in this movie theater is out. So you're welcome to get a refund or or you can stay and watch it. And it's like a three-hour movie with, with like no AC. With no AC that's about like being on fire because it's about the fucking atomic bomb. Like, no thank you. Yeah. So my friend who's also a horror fan had um hadn't seen talk to me and I was like, I'll watch that again if you really want to watch a movie. He didn't like it because he figured out what was going on like half an hour in. I still loved it. I made the bold claim that it was uh, on par with Hereditary. And he Ooh. just, he did not, he could not abide that. All right. Well, I'll have to check it out and see if where I fall on that. Um, Joe, I want to talk about a movie that I don't even know if I liked, but I haven't stopped thinking about it. Okay. So I'm, it, it did something to me. All right. Skin of Marink. Um, uh, <laughs> no, have you seen the movie Climax from 2018? Oh, is that the one with the dancing? Yes. No, I've not seen the movie Climax, but it also looks stupid. Like so, so here's the thing. I did not enjoy my view of Climax. <laughs> I I would recommend the movie though if you are a diehard film nerd. And okay. and I mean specifically if you are a nerd of like cinematography and editing and stuff like that because what makes this movie sit in your brain is that the concept is basically a dance troupe rents out a warehouse uh, to practice their routine for this big event. And once they feel like they've successfully finished the routine and that they've got it nailed down, they're going to party in the warehouse for the night and then leave and go do their show. But somebody has spiked the punch with LSD, and they are all on a very bad trip. Um, They're on a group hallucination. They're on a group hallucination. What is incredible about the movie, and I do stress the word incredible, the last 42 minutes is one continuous moving tracking shot. Interesting. As you follow one person's trip walking through the chaos of everybody else's trip. Interesting. You are, like, it It achieves exactly what it wants to do where you feel trapped in this warehouse with these people without the cuts and without the camera tricks and anything. You're just like visually seeing awful things happen as the hallucinations get worse and worse and people begin like attacking each other or like killing each other and it gets violent. You really do feel like the anxiety of being trapped in that situation um, because it's so unflinching. Uh, it's from the director of Irreversible, which is another movie that I don't feel comfortable watching and don't ever want to revisit. Yep. And I'll and I'll never revisit uh, Climax. So this is a very gentle recommendation at best. But if you are, like I said, someone who really loves like unique cinematography, unique editing, and like, um, I mean, this is like super nonlinear storytelling. I believe that there was no script. That it was like fully improvised uh, up until the the LSD trip, and it feels that way. Um, but if you're into that nerdy shit, check out Climax. Yeah. Otherwise, 
live a happy life. Don't <laughs> you don't, don't need to see you, this. You don't need to see like it's not it's not a movie that's going to change yeah, your life. It's not the Barbie movie. It, it's not. No, I mean, yes, yeah, see Barbie eight times before you see Climax, because uh, Barbie will change your life. Yes, but Barbie changed my life. All right, well, Joe, we've gotten through another day in Newport Beach. I don't think we're any better as human beings because of it, but no. we 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 did do it, and uh, we'll do it Wait, again. We didn't talk about the spark at the end. Oh, yes. Talk about the spark. Very quickly. There's a spark of bisexuality again. We're not done with it yet, y'all. Oh, with Alex and Marissa on the couch together. Yes. Okay. I forgot about that spark. Yeah, we did see a spark of uh, a little bit of something. And you know what? I like Alex and everything. Bad call. You could do better. Ah. You could do better than Marissa Cooper. Come on now. You could definitely do better than Seth Cohen, but you could still do better than marissa cooper <laughs> well summer's probably going to be single soon go for her no accounting for taste no no not at all but we will find out what happens next week on white people problems Hello everyone, we're Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance, we got action, romance. we got comedy, we got everything you need, man. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro- I, I don't know about this romance, what part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches, and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know. Alright, so come on down to, su- wait, why did I say come on down? To Superhero Stuff You Should Know. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 